the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Sunday of the octave day of Easter is traditionally called the Dominica in Albis, or also the Law Sunday. Today we celebrate the mystery of Jesus' resurrection, as we do each Sunday, but uh, today in particular we look at uh, this holy mystery of the resurrection of Christ by uh, receiving the gift of peace. In fact, when our Lord appeared to his uh, apostles gathered in the cenacle, the very first thing he said, the very first word was, Peace be to you. The risen Lord brings with him the gift of peace, and that uh, gift is immediately followed by the uh, fact that Jesus uh, showed to his apostles his hands, his side pierced and wounded. His holy wounds are the identity of the risen Lord, and those holy wounds are the testimony of Jesus' peace. That peace is the Easter gift given by our Lord to the Church, and that peace is indeed also the manifestation of Christ's mercy, Christ's forgiveness, his love to the end. The Sunday that we celebrate today, the Law Sunday, is also dedicated to uh, celebrate the mystery of divine mercy. Divine mercy. We may reflect now on this important gift, mercy, which is an expression of Jesus' peace. That peace given is, uh, in fact, the gift of mercy, of forgiveness. First of all, let us ask ourselves, what does peace mean? St. Augustine defines peace as tranquillitas ordinis, literally the tranquility of order. We have peace when there is an order in our life which reflects the divine order. We have peace, in other words, when we respect God's divine law, divine order, and we stick to it. This is peace. And uh, that divine order preserved within ourselves is also the gift of peace by being forgiven. The order which has been infringed by our sin is uh, restored by the gift of forgiveness. Uh, peace, therefore, coincides in some way with Jesus' forgiveness, Jesus' mercy. Now we understand 
why the risen Lord shows to his apostles his hands, his side, wounded. Those wounds in his holy body are the manifestation of that forgiveness, that mercy which brings about peace. In Jesus' mercy, in Jesus' forgiveness, we enjoy that tranquility, that peace. It is also important that we reflect more on the mystery of mercy as such. As we celebrate this Law Sunday, we are called by our Mother Church to reflect carefully on the gift of mercy given to us. It is necessary that we ponder carefully this uh, mystery, mercy, because it is quite easy that we fall uh, into two possible extremes. One is the rigorism, the other one is laxism. Rigorism says that uh, mercy cannot be given. Uh, Rigorism uh, a priori excludes mercy, especially when we think that because of our sins, because of our repeated sins, God God cannot uh, forgive us. That attitude, rigoristic attitude, excludes God's mercy. But there is also another extreme, the opposite one, which is even more frequent in our days, the laxism. To understand mercy against justice. While rigorism is justice against mercy, now with this laxism we have mercy against justice. According to a very spread mentality, uh, God's mercy is always ready to forgive and to forgive even when a person is not ready to receive that forgiveness, is not asking for that forgiveness. This kind of new laxism sees mercy as a way to be always forgiven, to the point of conceiving the hell as taught by our Lord in the Gospel, only as a sign, something present there, but without any content, an empty sign. This uh, laxism, emphasizing the role of mercy, in fact, excludes the possibility of an eternal damnation for the sake of mercy. Because God is merciful, he could not allow a soul, a person, to be eternally damned because 
that would be the defeat of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Is this the case? Is that true? We should uh, ponder uh, carefully the mystery of mercy, the mystery of mercy seen in relation with justice. It is necessary that we reflect on mercy as depending on justice and justice as fulfilled by mercy. The key point here, in order to avoid these two extremes, is to see justice and mercy always together. Justice as the presupposition of mercy and mercy as the completion of justice. Now, let us ask ourselves, how can we see justice and mercy always together? How is it possible to always reconcile them without setting one against the other? By preferring one against the other? Well, it is necessary to uh, start from a very fundamental consideration. I would like to uh, quote Saint Bonaventure, a great Franciscan doctor of the Church, who says that God, in whatever uh, does, he does it by virtue of the abundance of his goodness. This is very, very enlightening. Whatever God does is done by virtue of his abundance, uh, uh, of his abundant uh, goodness. This is, this is something to ponder. In fact, when we examine God's action, any action, we realize that that action is carried out not simply because of justice. Of course, his actions are always right and just. But the reason why God is acting is more than justice. There is a further reason to explain that action. And that further reason is his goodness. Let's, for example, think of his creation. Creation is a gift. God is creating all things out of nothing not simply because it was right to create things. Of course, it was. But justice in making things out of nothing is not enough to explain the reason of creation. God was not due to create anything. He was only free to make something. In his freedom... Or in other words, in his goodness, he chose to make all things rather than creating nothing. The reason of God's creation 
can only be found ultimately in his abundant goodness. And now let's think of the greatest work accomplished by our divine Savior, redemption. When we think of redemption, we see that the very reason for Jesus to redeem us uh, in the way he did, by suffering such a great passion, by dying for us on the cross, that is not simply because of justice, to appease justice, of course, he came to our aid. He came to forgive us and to re-establish with his own sacrifice that justice broken by ourselves because of our sin. But when we look at his uh, way of redeeming us, we see that it was in fact not necessary that he died for us, that he suffered such a tremendous passion for us. But why did he suffer for us? Why did he die for us on the cross? What's the very reason for that? Justice, yes, but something more than justice. It is the abundance of his goodness, the abundance of his love, there is justice, but the justice is completed by his love. Jesus suffered such a tremendous passion for us because of his love, because of his compassion. Especially in the mystery of redemption, we see that uh, the action accomplished by God is done by virtue of his abundance, uh, uh, abundant love. For the, because of the abundance of his goodness. And uh, while reflecting on this, St. Bonaventure also defines mercy and defines justice he says that mercy is the abundance of divine goodness. Yes, mercy is the abound abundance of divine goodness, while justice is the fittingness of divine good. We see that both in justice and mercy there is divine good. Yes, this is something very important to highlight, to see that uh, profound unity between justice and mercy. Their reconciliation is in this abundance of love. Love, divine love, divine charity is the unity of justice and mercy. Because both justice and mercy are the manifestation of this divine goodness, the abundance and the fittingness of divine goodness. 
Would that's all this mean? This discourse is important because uh, we can, by distinguishing justice from mercy in such a wise, see that justice and mercy go always hand in hand. While justice is the very root of mercy, and without justice there could be no mercy because there would be nothing to forgive, mercy is the accomplishment of justice. It is that superabundance of love given. Justice needs love, needs mercy, as mercy needs justice. Justice needs to be completed by mercy, while mercy needs to be grounded on justice. If we excluded justice in our mercy, we would uh, think, we would better render uh, mercy completely void, uh, an empty shell, just a word, because there would be nothing to reconcile, nothing to forgive. Mercy implies that justice to be appeased, to be reconciled. And in fact, this is the peace, the gift of peace coming from the holy wounds of our Lord. The reconciliation of justice, divine justice with our lives. Or better to say, the reconciliation of our lives with that divine justice. On the other hand, if we excluded mercy from justice, we would uh, simply look for the reconciliation of uh, human life with God's justice, but without any success. Because unless God comes to our aid, unless God uh, is ready to save us, we will not uh, be able to uh, meet that exigence of his uh, justice. So it, it is necessary that God, by coming to our aid, is always moved by his compassion and is given to us what, is he, what he is expecting to receive from us, what he is uh, now receiving from us. The gift of his uh, merciful justice given to us so that we can be reconciled and return to him as a new creation. If we therefore excluded mercy from justice, we would never be able to appease justice. This explains, I think, uh, the importance of looking at justice and mercy as one reality. 
to go back now to what I said before, to that uh, two extremes very much present, especially the second one, the laxism, we should say that uh, uh, justice and mercy go together so that uh, justice is fulfilled by mercy and we need that mercy to be righteous in God's presence. But also we uh, mercy, uh, the divine mercy given to us is, is uh, the very gift of justice, though in a superabundant manner. If we uh, think this way, we of course would not approve that kind of uh, mentality very spread today in our church, according to which everyone seems to be saved because of God's mercy. Everyone, though sinful, is now saved because of the abundance of God's mercy. No. That mercy is righteous. Mercy is not given when sin is not uh, forgiven. Mercy is given to forgive our sins. And if there is no repentance, no request of uh, repentance, no capacity to change our lives, no will to change our life, there is no possibility to be forgiven. Mercy is always uh, ready for us. Mercy is always given to us. But as the very uh, fulfillment of divine justice. Justice needs to be completed by the gift of mercy, not to be uh, uh, scared, so to say, by uh, God's uh, truth, God's uh, uh, eternity, by his, his justice. Let us now conclude this reflection by going back to the risen Lord who on the octave day of his resurrection came into the cenacle for the second time when Thomas was finally present and he told to the doubtful Thomas put your finger here in my in my wounds and see that I am not a ghost I am the crucified Lord who is now alive. The identity of the risen Lord and the possibility to acknowledge his presence amongst us is the fact that the crucified Saviour is now risen. And the proof of that is... Uh, uh, his glorious wound in his side, 
his glorious wounds in his hands in in his feet we find jesus as the one savior who is gloriously crucified this means that again justice and mercy go together as the paschal mystery is one single mystery passion death and resurrection there is no resurrection without the passion and death there is no mercy without justice there is no passion and death without the resurrection there is no uh, justice without the uh, fulfillment of god's love in his resurrection let us always look at this mystery as one single mystery the paschal mystery the mystery of justice and mercy amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen <laughs>